Welcome to the Ready Eddy Podcast, where we tell the story of startups in the outdoor sport industry through the voice of their founders. What's going on, guys? Before we get into today's podcast episode, I wanted to give you a quick update on the Ready Eddy membership program. To this point, we've grown to have thousands of products from up and coming startups and small businesses in the outdoor travel and lifestyle space on the platform. You can save up to 50% off all of these products, anything from skis to jackets to food bars to supplements, anything you could think of to support your outdoor activities is on the platform from small up and coming brands. It's a great opportunity to support small businesses while also discovering brands that you've never heard of. You can show off the new gear to your friends and also save a ton while doing it. If you're interested in checking it out, head over to readyeddy.com slash members to get your first month free. This episode is brought to you by Lives In Designs. Lives In creates durable, versatile clothing so you can own less and spend more time doing the things you love. Learn more by heading to livesin.com. That's L-I-V-S-N.com. Does your e-commerce site need a boost? Tribe Alpha can improve the performance of your online store. And Red Yeti podcast listeners get a special discount. Visit tribealpha.com slash deal for a 10% discount. That's tribealpha.com slash deal. This podcast episode was originally recorded on October 4th, 2016. Since Way My Rack is part of our current climbing gear giveaway, we wanted to bring this episode back from our archives. We've cleaned up the audio a bit and hope that you enjoy this episode with co-founders Allison Dennis and Andreas Underschuntz talking about how and why they started Way My Rack. Hello and welcome to the Ready Yeti podcast. On today's episode, I am chatting with the co-founders of Way My Rack, which is a site that allows you to quickly compare the difference in price, feature, and weight of every piece of climbing gear out there. Essentially, their goal is to save you research so you can get out and climb. Allison and Andreas, welcome, and thank you for taking the time to chat with me today. Thank you for inviting us. Yeah, Super thanks. stoked to be here. For sure. sure. Yeah. So first question, right off the bat, Way My Rack, I know you guys have a, a great following, but for those who don't know you that well that are listening, give, us, give them a sort of breakdown of exactly what you guys do and what you offer to the everyday climber. All right. Andreas is pointing at me, so <laughs> I'll take this one. Um, so I started Weigh My Rack, and part of that idea was literally to weigh your rack. And it's interesting because at this very moment, we don't weigh your rack, even after years of being online. And what I really realized is that it's not the weight of my rack that's problematic. <laughs> Sorry, that just sounded really funny to me. <laughs> but, um, it's really about researching gear and finding the right gear the first time because I bought a lot of crappy gear in the past and I've been frustrated with my decisions, partly if I'm buying a piece of gear because it's on sale and it didn't have the features I wanted or partly because maybe I didn't even know what features I needed or wanted. And so the root of that problem was really much more around researching gear. And so we want to make it really easy for people to research gear by putting all of that information together. And so we're literally collecting every piece of data that's online and even data that's not online. Sometimes it's in print or sometimes it literally doesn't exist anywhere. 
um, until we ask for that data from manufacturers, but putting it all together to make it easy to compare gear side by side. And it's a really big difference compared to retailers because they're only going to show you the products that they carry, whereas we compare every piece of gear. You remove yeah. the bias completely. I think that's great. Yeah. And so we all it's kind of crazy because we also we go a little bit further and we add like we find all of the videos that are about gear. So we like scour YouTube and Vimeo and we find all of the media reviews that have been written about gear, whether that's climbing magazine or uh, independent bloggers. And we kind of put that information all together and, and we have user reviews as well. Um, and we also show all the buying options so you can instantly see like literally where is the lowest price for this piece of gear right now. Um, or you can pick your favorite retailer for whatever reasons, but you can see if it's in stock and and what the buying options really are without having to take another <laughs> multiple hours to try to figure out where you can kind of maximize your your dollar. That's that's really cool. I, I think that's such a value add to you know the the climbing community, especially you know for me. I know when I buy gear, I create spreadsheets. I spend hours yeah. you know trying to figure out exactly what it is that I want to buy, what makes the most sense. Um, I think that's that's such a great um, sort of niche that you guys uh, fall into. So tell me th- the amount of hours this must take. Cause I'm thinking like when you say you have all the data and all the information, this must've taken forever for you guys to put together. Years. Yeah. Yeah. The, the funny part is like when I started Waymarack, I thought like within a year I would have it all cataloged, like no problem that, that sell <laughs> that felt like an easy thing. Like even if I was just cataloging gear and we're forgetting about all the other pieces that put a business together, like it's literally taken more than three years of solid, like 50 hour work weeks of someone adding gear every single day to get to where we are now. So we actually we're co-founders and um, Andreas and I work a lot on the website, but we actually also have another employee and his name is Adnan and he spends literally 50 hours a week adding gear um, to weigh my rack. It's, it's a phenomenal task that he's doing. And, and it's amazing how much time is spent just on like finding carabiner gate openings. Really, <laughs> That's all. That's crazy. I, I can only imagine. And I'm just linking it to my own personal experience of when we put content on ready Eddie. And I'm just, I, I see the overwhelming amount of information that's on weigh my rack. I shouldn't say overwhelming more. So just very detailed um, and just thinking about how much time that must have taken you guys to put together, but that that's awesome. So, what is your background? Like, how did you guys? So, I guess I'll start with that one since I started Way My Rack. And like, technically, I have like a, a psychology degree and a computer programming degree. And so, I'm really that I think says a lot about how I came to Way My Rack. Uh, just to go off on a, a quick tangent, you use the word overwhelming. And I think that's actually a perfect word to use because what we want to do is try to take away the overwhelming feeling when buying gear. And so one of those like factors, like psychologically is just knowing what the options are. So you don't have to think like, Oh, but what if I just didn't research long enough? Or what if I didn't find this perfect thing? Like we can take away that concept and really give you the confidence to say, I've looked at everything and I know what's best. And in that and along the way, we can help you learn about gear in a new way that 
will help you narrow down those choices so it isn't as overwhelming. Because Waymarack, when you first go on there, like there is no question, it is overwhelming to see hundreds of carabiner options. But once you start figuring out, like, do you want a locking carabiner or a wire gate? Like the options like start narrowing down fairly quickly. And once you narrow those down, like you get to a certain point where you can't like filter anymore, perhaps. Um, And then you can make choices like, well, what are the brands that I that represent my values or what are the current prices or even color? Like it's totally fine to make decisions based on on all sort of other external factors. Um, And so we're trying to get you to that spot where you feel comfortable, like all of these will be perfect for me. Which one really matches my needs? Right, right, right. Yes. So Allison really brings kind of the, well, obviously the coding side of things. Um, And then the psychology piece. And I, my background's in product design. Um, So when I came on board, actually it was probably a couple of years after Allison actually first started the site. Um, I was (laughs) more committed to changing the aesthetic. Um, So yeah, actually right now we're in the middle, well, hopefully at the end of a pretty massive, site redesign so that's kind of my background and what i've been bringing to the site also doing videos um but i don't have any background in that so actually the interesting thing about way my rack is both of us have come to it and we're doing so much stuff that we've never really done before um right. but it's just a huge awesome learning experience that's awesome so what what do you, what did you guys do for a living before Way My Rack? What were your jobs? Where did you guys go to school? Uh, where did, where are you guys from? So I am from Washington State, and I went to school at uh, Western Washington University. Went through their industrial design program, and uh, was doing kind of technical design uh, in the aerospace industry after school, and you know working seventy eighty hour weeks, getting paid really well, but just hating it had an hour and a half commute each way and uh i was just miserable and allison basically after starting way my rack she was like hey i'm gonna hit the road um i bought a travel trailer (laughs) and go climbing and do this thing full time i'd love if you came with me so i was like oh hell yeah it it, it took a little bit longer to get that (laughs) yeah (laughs) admittedly a little longer than i would one might expect (laughs) but it's it's been really awesome um and so for my background i grew up in vermont went to uh went to a big engineering school on the east coast rpi or rensselaer uh goes by both names it's kind of in a weird funk but (laughs) um After that, I got a job at Boeing. And basically, I only interviewed four companies that were in Colorado, Washington, or Oregon because I wanted to move to bigger mountains. And Boeing was a company that said that they would pay to move me out and promised me that I could take as many uh, courses as I wanted online afterwards, whether it was related to my job or not. They would 100% pay for extra schooling. And at that time, I was really stoked on the idea of getting my PhD in essentially artificial intelligence or um, robotics. And so I jumped onto Boeing. And one of the other reasons that I picked Boeing, even though it was like less pay than some of the the other places I interviewed, was really because they had a mountaineering program. 
like that was surprisingly high on my choice list. <laughs> um, and so I, I went to Seattle and I saw Rainier and I was like, I don't even know what it takes to climb Rainier at that point. Um, I'd gone climbing in the gym a few times before. I definitely did not identify as a climber. I would not tell anyone I knew how to climb. And I was like, I'm going to climb Rainier within a year of being here, having no idea what it would take to do that. And so I went through the, the mountaineering course and they had more advanced mountaineering courses. And I instantly signed up for those. Um, I did climb Rainier within a year of being in Seattle. And somewhere along that journey is where Andreas and I met. Um, and he told me he was a really good rock climber. <laughs> it was a total lie. <laughs> <laughs> it worked out really well because then I felt better about myself, though, because we went climbing at the gym. And he had climbed like much harder than I ever had at that point. But he hadn't he had skipped a few years. And so we were both on like V2s and V3s together. And I was like, yes, I'm crushing. <laughs> And probably Andreas was thinking, like, yeah, she's crushing my soul. <laughs> like, I am no longer good. <laughs> it was worth it. I got the date. So. <laughs> That's all that counts. <laughs> That's great. That's great. So, Weigh My Rack, it, we're talking about how unique it is and all the value and the content that's on Weigh My Rack. Are there any sites out there that are comparable or similar to what you guys do? And if not, what... When you first created this, did you think this was going to turn into a business that could support you guys? That's that's a lot of questions. Let me try to <laughs> get to them. Um, yeah. So in terms of a site like Waymarack, I we're kind of a bit of a lot of sites. And so in some senses, we're like a retail site in that you can maybe use filters. But our filters go way past any retailer filters in how how incredibly detailed they get like for carabiners we have completely different filters than we have for bouldering pads which makes sense but on retailer websites it's the exact same filters of like brand price and weight and so in some senses like it doesn't feel like we have any direct competitors and people that are doing the exact same thing as us but if you think about other websites like um is it it's outdoor gear labs um they they do a little bit of comparisons. Theirs are only hand, um, they're hand done comparisons. So they're really awesome in that they get really detailed of like how stiff a carabiner gate opening is, but that's really limiting in terms of they can't test every single carabiner that exists extensively. And so they have really great, um, kind of best ofs in their opinion of from what they've tested, but it really doesn't cover the entire market. Um, so in that sense, we're quite different. And then there's other websites that talk about new gear or show videos of new gear or have, um, different videos like Epic TV online does videos of new gear. And there's other blogs like gear junkie and gear Institute. They both talk about the new gear that's coming out. And we do that on our blog as well. But for us, that's a really small part of our business. Um, whereas they're, they're really about um, a lot of other industries as well and talking about what's coming out where we're super niche focused on climbing. And when we do climbing videos, they're probably more than twice as long as most other climbing videos on like one particular piece of gear because we really dive into like every detail as po every detail possible. Yeah, I think the thing that makes Way My Rack unique, and I don't know if there's anything that's directly comparable, uh, is that we really want to give people every piece of information that someone might be interested in or could need in order to make a purchasing decision. Um, and that just isn't out there right now. 
So that and that's really kind of the the goal of Way My Rack is to to give you every piece of information you need in order to feel comfortable buying that particular thing. Yeah. And I think in your original question, you had something about like, did I expect to make money? And I would say like when I first, first started Women Rack, I thought it was just be an app and people might pay for an app to, to weigh their gear. And so in that sense, like it did start as a, a business idea. And the reason that I quit Boeing was because I thought I could start a business and make a sustainable business and a sustainable living. And so it, there's always been a money aspect, but it, there's never been like, a, I want to make a million dollars or in two years, I want this to be my income. Uh, we really don't, I mean, we don't talk about money that much in terms of like where we want to be or make it. Like, obviously we want a sustainable income, but it's not like, how do we optimize every part of our website to make money at every point? Like I bet, uh, most accountants would be kind of horrified of of how we look at money <laughs> in terms of every decision we make is is sometimes feels like anti money in that every decision we make is really around how do we best serve the user and so it might take a lot more time to collect this really minute piece of information but in our eyes it's really benefiting the user so it's worth it to create this community of people that trust us to have all the information that's out there. Um, and so just to touch on money, because that's one of the, the questions we get asked the most is how do we make money? And so on our website, we have buying options and we have those buying options from brands that we've partnered with that will give us their data feeds, which includes what products are in stock. And in that there's a tracking code. So if you click, I want to buy this carabiner and whether you buy that carabiner, a sleeping bag, climbing related or not, we get a commission for sending you to that retailer website kind of for like a thanks for sending this guy over here. Um, and so that commission ranges between five and 12% depending on what retailer. And so sometimes like if someone buys a, a cam package, we'll end up making $50 um, from just that one purchase. Other times someone will get a carabiner and we'll get like 32 cents. <laughs> yeah. It's crazy how it's so different depending upon what they're purchasing. And I think that's really cool. And I want to, I want to touch on, the point you made earlier in saying that you guys weren't really so focused on the money aspect of it, more so the trust aspect and building, creating quality and value to the user that's on Way My Rack. And I think that so many successful businesses do that. And that's what makes them so successful compared to ones that never really make it is because they're in the business to help consumers and solve a problem, not to make a dollar, so to speak. And I think that's a that's a really important point that a lot of people need to uh, understand if they're going to start a business, especially, you know, regardless of whether it's in the outdoor industry or wherever. Um, but I, I think that's a great point. Well, what kind of following do you have you guys been able to build uh, since you guys uh, started? Yeah, that's a, a really interesting question. And it's it's interesting for me because. Like that's one of those things that when I started a business, I didn't focus on as much. I was really about how do I build this amazing product for people? And I felt like it would happen more naturally that would get a large following. Um, and so it's only been more recently that we've really focused on engaging more people. And so like recently we kind of changed how we're like looking at, say, our Instagram feed. And now we have I think we're just over 9000 Instagram followers right now. Um, sorry. <laughs> and, 
on our Facebook, we, we don't have as much. I think it's under 2,000 people. Our YouTube channel is actually a place where we have really great engagement and a strong following as well. Um, our last video that we put out like a month ago has over 20,000 views now. Um, and one of our videos has over 75,000 views. So it's kind of interesting because, and, and part of our model is how do we engage someone wherever they want to be engaged? That That's kind of how we've been doing our social as well. And so we've been in a few different social areas. And I, I think you could say that's a plus or a minus instead of focusing really heavily on, say, Facebook or one social place. We've kind of um, dispersed our attention. And so we don't feel like we have like a crazy following on one particular outlet, but we have a large following combined because we're trying to see, you know, are you an auditory person? Are you a, a reader? So you're really into the blog or you really like our videos and trying to figure out how, how do we meet you where, where you want to be. Right. That's really cool. So you, in the beginning, you focus on strictly quality of content. And now that you guys are focusing on sort of trying to build a more substantial following, what outside of social media and the sort of normal tactics, what do you got? How are you getting in front of more of the right kind of person? Yeah, that's a great question. And I think something we're actively working on. And one of the ways really is talking to other influencers uh, in the, the climbing area and whether that's pro athletes that we can work together to say put together a gear list of something they've climbed and they can share that as well or working with different manufacturers to um, I guess distribute our videos more widely and so we we've always been making videos for manufacturers and we've always been doing those in an unpaid way because that's how we see content um, getting on our blog and we really like to create these win-win-win scenarios and now we're trying to figure out okay how do we really leverage those scenarios and so talking to a retailer or you know, retailers as well but a manufacturer about you know where might you want to share this like a backcountry actually puts most of their videos most of our videos our product videos on their particular product pages as well because they help sell sell the items and they're and they're really helpful for other people. And so we're trying to work with retailers, athletes, other influencers, and the the manufacturers as well to leverage our current um, partnerships, and then to create a lot of new ones to just see where else can we be we be influencing. Um, and we've gone to different festivals in the past, and we might start doing that again, or going to to more gyms um, and different climbing areas, and trying to figure it out try to figure out how how can we interact with more people because a lot of people like once they find out about us they're stoked but how do you get them to find out about us first is one of the big questions oh it is yeah, <laughs> yeah that's one of the, the things yeah that's one of the things we've actually struggled with quite a bit uh, in general is just um how do we get ourselves out there more and out, both allison and i are pretty introverted people and so even just when we're at the craig or whatever even just talking with people and telling them about Waymarack is sometimes a challenge for us. So getting out there and kind of spraying a little bit is particularly <laughs> difficult, but, um, but I think we're it, the site and, um, and just Waymarack and the content that's there right now is, is at a place where we're both feeling super confident with it. And we have a, we have an awesome vision of where it wants to go in the future also. So um, yeah, so we're, I think there's, you're going to see more of us <laughs> out there. <laughs> That's for sure. So have you guys had any mentors 
going into this process or going into before you guys started and then obviously after you guys started Way My Rat? And who have they been? We've never had any long term mentors. Um or like super consistent mentors that we've gone back and forth. Like we've talked to a lot of influencers in the industry or gotten like almost like tips and tricks here and there. Um, we listen to a lot of different like business podcasts and kind of go in and out of our excitement in getting to other podcast areas um, of business. Um, but we haven't had any consistent mentors. And that's one of the things that right now we're really starting to think about more in terms of how do we get like a board of directors and people that can really help shape how we're thinking about the future and where Waymarack is going. Um, it's, it's kind of funny because I almost sometimes think about our users as our mentors. And so we get a lot of feedback from our users and we take that to heart, like, like no tomorrow. And so we're always trying to figure out how do we implement any feedback that we've been getting or include those people, whether it's in beta testing or in future questions we have, because those are the, the people that are most excited about Waymarack already. So how can we make that experience even cooler for them? And so that's really inspiring as well. Yeah, I mean, from a product perspective, I think our users are really the thing that's driving uh, what we do and, and how we develop Waymarack and make it better. From a business perspective, since we haven't really been focused on the business side of things, we haven't that's one of the things that's been lacking a little bit, but uh, yeah. So right now we are active, actively seeking out kind of a a board of advisors um, to help move way my rack into a more profitable place. Just because we want to make sure that that this thing can be sustainable uh, for the long term, because we do have a long term vision. So um, yeah. Interesting. So what kind of people are you looking to be on this advisory board? Um, that's a good question. I would say, um, kind of people in the finance uh, world who could advise us into like strategically how to, um, take away my rack to the next level, uh, because we are financially sustainable at this point, barely, um, but really kind of upping the game to the point where we can, uh, strategically move into other markets as well. Um, so that we can help more people. And then um, on the legal side, just to make sure that we're doing everything, covering our own butts, um, oh, yeah. <laughs> just because in the in the all outdoor sports, it's you open yourself up to so much uh, liability, uh, even if we're not telling somebody what to buy and how to use it. It's the liability still still there. Um, so there's that. Um, well, also on the like the marketing side, too, it'd be really nice. Like, I think intuitively we have a lot of great ideas, but don't always know exactly what that implementation like step-by-step looks like. We know like kind of the overall goal of what we want and not just like more people, but like, this is how we want to engage them. We think this style will be really engaging, but to do that in a really efficient way, those are things that we're kind of missing. Um, And as well as just um, people who essentially like bigger networkers than we are that can tell other people about Waymarack and maybe help us get other partnerships that we might not have thought about um, in the industry, because there's no reason why we couldn't be partnering with clothing companies for maybe a different aspect of the blog or something like that. Because we actually, we made very early on, um, or I made strict requirements that we would never ask the gear manufacturers for advertising or for money or really for any 
anything that we needed to rely on them other than we're asking them for gear specs because I don't want to have this conflict of interest that could perhaps reduce our transparency at any point. And so sometimes we'll ask manufacturers maybe if they can help us with a giveaway or something, but we really don't ask for um, money because we, we don't want to ever be in this bite the hand that feeds kind of situation. But there there's no reason that like Patagonia couldn't sponsor part of the, the website or blog and, and have that be a great relationship for both of us and and our users as well, because the users would be seeing an added benefit in what we could bring in terms of functionality if we had a larger budget. Right. No, I think those are all great points. What what is the culture that exists behind Weigh My Rack? So if you two are the, you know, the day to day, you do most of the operational stuff. You know, you strategize, you're driving Way My Rack. And I know you guys have been dirtbagging it for the past couple of years. Sort of walk, you know, our listeners through what that's like on a daily basis and ha- how that functions. Yeah, I would say basically they're kind of, I mean, from a business side and a personal side, I think there's three kind of core things that we try to to stay committed to, and that's openness, uh, inclusiveness, and a sense of transparency, or I guess not a sense, but real transparency. Um, and that really plays into everything that we do. Uh, both, I mean, Way My Rack is a business, and Allison and my are alive together. I mean, those two things are pretty much inseparable at this point. I mean, we spend you know, 23 and a half hours a day together. And most of that time we're working on or talking about or thinking about Way My Rack. So um, I think, yeah, it's the openness, inclusiveness, and transparency piece are really critical to what we do and who we want to be um, as people, but also as a business. Yeah, I'd also add like the environmental side of it too. Like as we're traveling, we're like super sustainable in that like we we basically run Waymarack off of solar panels um, as we're working. And generally speaking, like our waste level is super low. The amount of water we use is incredibly low. And some of the things we're trying as like next steps of Waymarack is really trying to implement more of those ideas into Waymarack of how can we help people choose gear that is more sustainable? Like that's really hard to do, particularly in like the hardware side. But if they're like right now on Waymarack, if you look at the the slings page, you can see or you can actually filter by slings that are blue sign certified. And so we want to bring that idea to our harnesses and ropes and then also figure out like. There, there are other pieces of gear like there's there's a shoe that's coming out that they're they're you the texture that they're adding to the shoe is actually like scrap material like sanded down scrap material is giving a texture to the shoe that makes it stickier and so how do we bring out those stories even more or feature and focus on them to show that there are manufacturers that are being more sustainable or putting a lot of energy and time and money into making like the the literal world a better place. <laughs> um and so definitely anything that we value, Waymar Rack values as well. I want to ask you a couple questions. How many pairs of pants do you own that you truly love? How long does the average pair of pants that you own last? Lives in Designs was founded on the idea of creating the perfect pair of pants 
for any adventure. I've personally been wearing their canvas pants for the last five months and I love them. I've used them climbing, hiking, camping around New York City and Lizen's mission is to really help people do more with less. They do this by creating pants and other products that are multi-use and that last. Lizen Designs offers a lifetime at-cost repair program to keep your gear lasting long and our clothing out of the landfill. In addition to a lifetime manufacturer's warranty against defects. To learn more, head to livesin.com. That's L-I-V-S-N.com. Tribe Alpha is great e-commerce for the great outdoors and can help you improve the performance of your e-commerce site. With over 25 years of experience navigating the ever-changing online marketplace, Tribe Alpha has the tools to improve your site. Whether your focus is B2B, B2C, wholesale, or dealers, Tribe Alpha can help. And Ready Eddy podcast listeners get a special discount. Just visit tribealpha.com slash deal to receive a 10% discount off their standard pricing. Their web development experience coupled with their passion for outdoor adventure make Tribe Alpha the perfect partner for your outdoor e-commerce site. Visit tribealpha.com slash deal. That's tribealpha.com slash deal. That's, that's really great. Are you guys familiar with uh, the Renewal Workshop? I think they're based out of Colorado. Oh, yes. Yeah, actually. Yeah, no, what they're doing is really cool and talking about the whole idea of sustainability and, you know, eliminating as much waste as possible. I think what they're doing is incredible. And I'm, I want to get in contact with them and potentially do a, a giveaway with some of their gear in the future. But yeah, that'd be uh, great. That's down the road. Um, but I, I think that's a great point. Um, and I think so many people in the outdoors specifically because it's so you know connected to our community in the sense of that we see the direct results of not operating in a in an environmentally friendly and reducing the impact that we have in a way um so i think that's that's a very good point can you tell what what's it like doing the whole you know living in a trailer what what what's that what how's that been for you guys is it are you enjoying it with the, cause I know a lot of our listeners are definitely interested in potentially doing it, but aren't haven't, you know, given that overall push to actually just jump in and do it. Do oh it. man. Do it. <laughs> I feel like we could do a whole podcast just on that one question because we love talking about it. Like we're pretty obsessed with it. Like so many people ask us, when are you going to stop living on the road? And we're like, uh, well, when we found, we, we used to say in one year, and we just always say that, <laughs> no matter how much time has passed. And now we kind of like, we're like, well, we haven't necessarily found where we want to live yet, so we're still looking, and which is totally true. But we, at the same time, we don't have an end date because it is that awesome. And so, like generally speaking, the the hardest part about living on the road, and particularly while running an internet based business, is getting internet. Um, like sometimes I feel really weird saying like that's my biggest problem because in the scheme of things it doesn't feel like that big of a problem or, like it feels like a very Americanized problem like oh I don't have internet but when that's like your business sake uh, it does make a bit more of a difference um, but really like because a lot of the places that we want to be are more in the mountains and generally that's the spot that you are least likely to have an internet connection and so sometimes we'll have to use like coffee shops or libraries or something like that to be able to get an internet signal. We've, we've played around with different hotspots before. Um, but a lot of times the places that we really want to be don't even have cell service. So it kind of kills a lot of opportunities there. And right. the videos that Andreas are, and Andreas is like editing, 
are definitely not going to upload through those those <laughs> means um, because they're they're quite lengthy and large. <laughs> but um, really, the lifestyle is absolutely amazing. And part of the reason I think it is amazing is we have a, a travel trailer in a car, so we can unhook the travel trailer and have that be in like the remote wilderness, and we can drive in like almost like a daily commute into a coffee shop or a library or something like that, and be able to come back. And so that's that's one of the big benefits for us, at least, over kind of the the stereotypical van life dream. Um, and, it, and it, I think, is really different because we are trying to run a business as well. So we have a little bit more freedom in that sense. Um, but like when, when I when I first got the travel trailer, which I bought it for about six thousand dollars. And I think if we've done including solar and everything, maybe $3,000 worth of updates. Like that includes also a new mattress, repainting the entire thing. We have stickers on the outside that are like mountains and, and essentially every possible update. Um, but when, when we, or when we originally left, I was like, well, this is going to make or break our relationship. Probably. <laughs> I don't think I said that aloud, but that was in my head. <laughs> and uh, what was it? A year or two after living in the trailer, like you proposed. So we're technically engaged. <laughs> we haven't gotten married yet. Like that's kind of like, it's not as important as running away my rack. <laughs> we don't want to take time away from the business. <laughs> no, I think one of the coolest things about running a business from the road is um or at least our experience is that we've we're able to spend so much less money uh on housing and even just on food and stuff like that and it's uh we're able to then to put all of that money back into this passion that we call way my rack um but then also just being able to to explore all those places that that give us energy i mean we're pretty avid outdoor uh i guess activists if you will it's um and so we're able to be in those places that really give us energy that um make us want to continue on with the business even more and so it just it feeds itself um yeah so like one example of that is like so we we always kind of ping back to like seattle or vermont because that's where both of our parents are so and we go back to utah twice a year to to film all the new gear that's coming out at the outdoor trade show so it really gives us an excuse to to travel the whole country and my brother's in florida so like literally we're like every end possible yeah, we've been across the country five times at this point in yeah the last three years but yeah and so like this year after we went to the trade show we went down to mexico for a little while and had the most amazing work-life balance there climbing in el Potrero chico um like super cheap camping that actually had internet and we like walked to climbing every single day we walked to the farmer's market and got all our food locally um like once a week and it, it allows us to have so many different experiences like we'll tell someone about that experience and then they're like wait you were there for a month and a half and they're like, that's a dream vacation. Like, I couldn't imagine taking that much time off work. Or we'll tell someone else, like, yeah, then we went to Kentucky after that and went to climbing at the Red. And someone will be like, whoa, you know, I haven't even climbed there. Or, like, we'll tell someone about, like, one, like, maybe less than a month of what we've been doing. And they consider that part a dream. Yet that's what we're doing every single month. And that part is so liberating and the freedom that that brings to really work anywhere that there's an internet connection is so cool for us that 
it, like we really we don't want to stop traveling because it's like well we haven't even seen so many other places like we've seen a lot but it's it feels like just every time you know more you realize how much more there is to know <laughs> oh yeah i'm so jealous of you hearing this right now because i i um so i live in new york um and my goal is to do something similar to what you guys are doing but i i want to do i basically don't want to have a home and travel the world <laughs> Yeah. Right. And yeah. run Ready Yeti, you know, remotely and do like everything you're saying. Just run it from coffee shops and just travel. Awesome. Right on. Yeah. We're rooting for you. Yeah. I mean, I mean, I mean admittedly, it's not all puppies and rainbows, you know, <laughs> it's it can be challenging at times for sure. And living in 104 square feet isn't always easy. But at the same time, the benefits far outweigh the difficulties in my mind. Yeah. And sometimes like the evilness he's talking about is like Starbucks seems to like cap our, our bandwidth now or something. I think we're on like a a blacklist. (laughs) Like one time it took, Oh gosh, I don't even think we got a video uploaded in the end, but we were at a cafe for like five hours or more trying to upload one video. It was like the most grueling and frustrating experience. And it's like, well, that wouldn't happen if we had a home and had like a stable internet connection, but it's just one of those living on the road things that yeah, it's going to happen for sure. So, I, I mean, I, I assume this is probably, but what would you say is the hardest part about starting way my rack? If not the internet <laughs> dealing with the internet issue. Um, I would say, I mean, having a vision and then implementing that vision, uh, in a way that we are happy with. And there's, there's so many things that you have to do. As a, as a small team or as a, as a, you know, a single founder, I mean, I'm sure Allison will say that, <laughs> that as an individual starting a business, you basically have to do everything. And so oh, yeah. there, there's no way you can be an expert at all of the stuff you have to do, but um, just finding your way through it, I guess that would yeah. be. Yeah, and being able to like prioritize that along the way, like when is it best to spend most of your time on marketing? When is it best to like build up your product and stuff is is definitely challenging to then realize how much you don't know about marketing or how much more you could know about like SEO optimization or even content writing and how are you sharing these things? Like there there's so much more to learn and that's one of the I mean, vice versa, <laughs> the the nice side of that is it means that your your curiosity is never going to be satisfied. There is always more to learn. And like you can always, in a sense, level up your skills of of all every aspect of business. And so that's really cool. Like every time you feel like you understand something, then you realize like now there's a whole new world of things I don't understand, which can obviously be frustrating too. Like, Oh gosh, like, you know, most big businesses have an entire team of people that handle this one thing that is just like one sixteenth of what your normal day job is now. Without a doubt. Starting a business is without a doubt the hardest thing you can do or one of them, I should say, because there are plenty yeah. of hard things out there. But for me personally, the hardest thing I've ever done in my life. <laughs> oh yeah, yeah, for sure. And it's really interesting, too, because, I mean, to just think about uh, yourself, like, internally or, like, you know, be able to step away from it for a moment and be like, okay, now I have to, like, you're managing yourself as well and and those expectations. And I think Andreas and I often fall into this trap where we're, we're definitely both perfectionists and pretty much everyone we hire or work with is also perfectionists. And that's kind of why we hire them. But at the same time, like there is the concept of having phase one and phase two and phase three and, and 
having that not be like too overwhelming at once can can sometimes be a challenge of being like, oh, gosh, you know, I really thought where we are right now is where Waymerac would have been in year one. And we're I like I'm technically more than four years into into this business. And it's like, oh, this is this is all I'm at. But then like being able to step away and be like, no, like literally how many hours it took to get to this spot. Like it would not have been possible, like without more budgets and more people to get to this exact same spot. Without a doubt. What would you guys say has been the biggest fear, your biggest fear with Way My Rack? Uh, <laughs> that's a good question. I think in some senses, it's like the fear of it not working out in the end, like realizing that either our business model sucks or climbers don't actually care as much as we think or expect or feel like they do. Um, or that like, yeah, I guess, I mean, failure is, <laughs> is always technically like a, a fear of, is it like, it's possible it won't work out. Um, yeah, I would say my biggest fear is we do something that changes the user's uh, perception of Way My Rack so that they feel like, I don't know, either we've sold out or we're doing something that's, that's unethical. Um, <laughs> because we, we, or I think both of us spend so much effort in trying to do things um, that benefit the user and so to, to think that we could inadvertently do something that um uh, didn't fall into that uh into that category would i think that's for me that's the biggest thing of just mm. um doing something we didn't necessarily mean to do but that or it could be perceived differently so like yeah. an example when you when you say that one thing i think of is so we're we're redesigning Waymarack, and as we do that, we're adding a few extra features. And one of the features is going to be the options for if you if you have picked items on your want it list, you could pick an option to say like email me if this is on sale. And I could see some people thinking like oh they just want money or, or just trying to get me to buy this. But right. the reason we added that feature was because we thought it would be really helpful, so you didn't even have to come back to Waymarack. That like you didn't have to be worrying about like oh. Do I need to be checking this sale or do I have to be checking these 14 retailer sites to see when it goes on sale? Because I really want this piece of gear. And we thought it would just be helpful. And like, yeah, it, it may maybe it converts like we don't actually know. We've never done it before. Um, but that wasn't like the reason why we would put that functionality in um, to try to force people to buy gear. That's kind of like the anti reason of why we started Way Rack, because we don't want people to buy crappy gear just because it's on sale. And so, so I could see how that could be seen by two perspectives and, and people could maybe write in that they were bummed about it, even though that was totally not our intention. But the question is like, how do you be so transparent? That's obvious. Or we're so transparent everywhere else. Maybe we didn't write a a note that says like, we made this for you, not for us. (laughs) Maybe it could be construed in a different way. I think you guys bring up a good point that you're not going to be able to please everyone. You can just do the best that you can and know what your intentions are and what you guys want to create. I I think that's great. Yeah, one of the interesting things on that, and I think maybe why it's also a big fear, is that currently, like, we've really only gotten super incredibly positive feedback. Like, there's been some people that have emailed us, like, we might be missing a carabiner from an an obscure European brand, or 
Um, they they have the the length of a nut tool, and they want to let us know that they know the length, and we can now add it to Weigh My Rack, which is so incredibly awesome. Um, but before anyone tells us, like, you're missing this carabiner, or here's a piece of information that you might not know, they they put in, like, one to three lines or like a whole paragraph about how much they love weigh my rack first. And then they write, but by the way, the reason I'm writing this email is really because like, I noticed this carabiner is missing. And so having such amazing feedback the entire time and like never, like really never receiving negative feedback kind of almost makes the, the fear in that area a little bit higher because it feels like the bar now is, is quite high. That's great. That's such great validation from your following and consumers. What advice would you guys give to someone that wanted to start a business in the outdoor sport world or just a business in general? Yeah, so that one that one's an easy question for you to answer because I've thought about this before. <laughs> and so for me, really, it is like starting a business is so much about who you know in the end. And I hear that all the time. And I heard that before I started my business, but never really understood like what that meant. But if I was starting a business in the outdoor world, say in mountain biking, I would contact like all of the mountain biking manufacturers. I would go to the mountain biking trade shows. I would talk to or try to talk with mountain biker pros like on Instagram or other social channels and really try to figure out like either what are their needs or how am I going to work with these people in the future? Like, I guess it really depends what type of business you're building, like an internet business or an actual product, but talk to everyone you possibly can and start building up a following. Like I would start an Instagram account before even starting a web page now. And so, and, and probably other social channels too, maybe wherever you feel most comfortable starting, but really just to be able to start gaining a following of people who are going to root for you and who can see your roller coaster of like, oh, gosh, this is taking longer than I thought. And I need some some happy thoughts from from other people or, yes, I just made this like super awesome phase. I am so psyched, psyched and I want to share it with people. And just having people to bounce ideas off of is so huge. And being able to like once you find a release that website or product, having a group of people that are already stoked and excited to see it is just like amazing. And that's something that we never had. And it was only after we kind of had a product that we were like, oh, hey, look, it's it's over here. Like, check it out. But no, we d- at that point, we didn't have like people who understood the journey of how long it took. And and maybe that first release wasn't beautiful. And so they just see that first release as the final release, not as this is phase one. And I am so stoked you got here. It's like, well, it could be improved. Like, I don't know. You don't seem to have all the brands or that, you know, they, they didn't experience that journey. So they have no backstory to relate it to. Yeah. Yeah. Build a following for sure. But I, I think I would personally, I would add, um, take the time to self-reflect enough to the point where you know what the most emotionally challenging things are and do those things first. Because um, those are actually the things that more often than not have impact on uh, driving the business. They just are the most challenging. Not a doubt. I think that's, that's great advice for sure. And starting a business, you, you can, there's an endless amount of advice that you can give and get and all of it's great. And I think it's, it's awesome hearing different people's perspectives on their businesses. Um, but that, that's, that's, that's great advice. Where do you guys see your business going in the next year, five years and beyond? 
These are really great questions, too. <laughs> so in the next year, we'll definitely have a totally redesigned website. We'll be able to weigh your rack. Um, we're going to have more gear types of climbing gear. Um, might even have approach shoes. <laughs> um, and debatably, we'll have um, start going into clothing of like comparing puffy jackets or something. Um, so that's like in the year. Oh, and the other, one of the other big things is, so right now we have a lot of U.S. retailers that you can buy gear at. And within the next year, we definitely want to have a lot of European retailers as well. And the big reason is we realize that our traffic is actually 40% non-U.S. And so we're really not, be, we're not able to serve a, a majority or not quite a majority, but a large group of our users very well if we promise to show them buying options and have none for them. And so that's one of the things we're really excited to, to go forward with is to get a lot more partnerships with, with European and Australian, or I guess non U S retailers in, in general. Yeah. And I think long-term that's kind of short-term yeah. within the year, at least um, long-term, I would say we're looking at the opportunities to expand into other markets. Um, we're, I mean, we're passionate about skiing, biking, you know, trail running and climbing, climbing, you know, kind of being our main focus. But um, I think those markets also could really benefit. I mean, personally, as a as a skier, runner and mountain biker, I personally, I would want a weigh my rack for those things. Um we so, actually find it personally challenging to use retailer websites now and like, wait, we can't filter on this? Like, why not? That should be an obvious filter. Yeah. So so moving into one or more additional markets, I think that's kind of our our multi-year plan, but we'll see what happens. Yeah. Well, it's kind of interesting because every time we talk about Waymore Act to someone, like explaining the site for the first time, they're like, oh, sweet. So when are you going to do that for kayaks? Or when are you going to do this for insert their favorite hobby here? Like right. everyone wants this functionality. And like, even when I talk to my mom, she, every time I talk to her, there's a new product that she's like, Al, I wish it existed for this. Like my mom was even looking up drones the other day and was like, Al, you should really get into drones because <laughs> <laughs> I don't know what she even wanted to look at with a drone, but she wanted to film something about the house and had no idea and was lost in specs and weird marketing speak. And so the idea of like, how do we get... And like we talked about multiple times earlier, like we're super passionate in the outdoors. And so we really want our business to reflect what we're passionate about, because otherwise we're not going to be interested in the business and the business will suffer because of it. And then it'll just feel like a corporate job because you're not excited about your future vision. So we'd never get into just like, well, let's compare laptops or some other like TV gadget thing that technically as a business model, like the amount of money you can make is so much higher but that's really like not in our interest at all. And so for us, the idea of like giving people more confidence when they're outside and doing these outdoor activities will want, make them want to do them more. And so the more confidence we can give them in their gear buying experience, the more excited they're going to be to go outside and use that gear and the more they're going to continue that process. And so it's, it's just so like liberating to feel confident in your gear like I have had a lot of situations where I'm just like, man, maybe it's just like my bike's not perfect. Like I don't have good gearing. I don't have good shifters. Like if, if only I had those, like maybe my riding experience would be more fun or something. Or like this road biking thing just doesn't seem to work out as well for me. I don't know if it's me being out of shape or it's my gear. And we want to eliminate gear from being in your mind of like, 
why that might not be working for you. Like, so you can really focus on like, okay, I know I have the gear that I either can afford or that I'm excited about that has the specs that made sense for me. Like, and I actually understand why the gear works this way. So how now can I worry, worry or think about just optimizing something else and just take gear out of the equation? Right. I think you guys are definitely onto something with this. Um, <laughs> we, uh, we are getting to the end of the podcast, and I want to ask, uh, where can our listeners find you guys and learn more about Waymyrack and what you guys are up to? So the main site is definitely waymyrack.com. That's W-E-I-G-H, Way. And uh, we also have blog.waymyrack.com is where we do a ton of articles about new gear that's coming out or um, really getting into like the, the super nitty gritty details about gear. Um, also, our Instagram is basically uh, the, the PC way is probably to say gear stoke, but uh, often internally we refer to it as gear porn um, where we just show off people's gear racks. And um, so that's at waymyrack. And we're on Facebook, and really we try to interact in most places where people try to interact with us. We want to be there, too. Um, we're not on Snapchat, but <laughs> if we have a big enough ask for it, we'd be like, how, do, how can we be there if that's, if that's what people are looking for us? So sure. if you don't find us, just go, just contact us, Allison at Waymarack or Andreas at Waymarack, and and start a conversation would would love to hear from anyone and everyone that's that's really what what makes our day is to to hear from people who who want to interact with us i guess in that sense yeah and speaking of where can people find us i mean really we we started away my rack so that we could make researching gear easier so if anybody has climbing gear questions of any kind like regardless of what it is uh, we'd love to help you find the answer so yeah um like we even try to be really responsive on Reddit, actually, when there's gear questions, because we see a lot of misinformation out there. So we try to chime in with with when there are specific gear questions with with more helpful answers than than some of the, the caddy replies. Without a doubt. Well, guys, this has been a blast chatting with you guys and getting to know you guys on a more personal level and way my rack. And we'll link all of this up in the show notes so our user, our listeners can find you guys super easily. With that, I want to thank you guys for taking the time to chat with me. It was uh, it was a blast. Yeah, thanks, Josh. Appreciate it. Yeah, thanks. Thanks so much for having us on. If you enjoyed today's podcast episode, then we would be incredibly appreciative if you could log on to iTunes and leave us a quick review. This really helps us get noticed by other podcast listeners like yourself. And if you know anyone that would benefit from this episode, then please share it along. Well, that wraps up this episode of the Ready Podcast. We'll catch you guys next week.